Driving the Future is a podcast about where the automotive industry is going and how not only to keep up with the rapidly changing business, but to shape it. This time on Driving the Future, we turn things over to Automotive News Europe, where we hear Jean-Christophe Deville from Toyota and Capgemini's Alexander Audouin discuss how the industry has overcome global supply chain challenges caused by COVID-19, the war in Ukraine, and the chip shortage. Hello, and welcome to the third episode of this season of our Rising Stars Speak. I'm Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at Automotive News Europe. Thanks so much for joining us today. The global automotive supply chain has been rocked by epic upheaval caused by the COVID-19 pandemic, the war in Ukraine, and the chip shortage. These mega challenges have caused the industry to undergo a major rethink of how to make the supply chain better stronger, and more reliable. To talk about just that, we are joined by Jean-Christophe Deville, who in July started as Vice President of Toyota Motor Europe Supply Chain. While the job is new, JC is very familiar with how Toyota works. Since joining the company in 1999, he has held top-level posts in purchasing and manufacturing. JC is also a member of the first-ever class of Rising Stars joining the prestigious club in 2011. Also with us today is Alexandra Odwan, Executive Vice President, Head of Automotive at Capgemini. He joined the company in 2020 when Capgemini combined forces with IT specialist Altron. Alex was with Altron for more than nine years where he served as Vice President of Automotive as well as Global Account Director looking after the French automakers. That came natural to him because he had previously worked for more than a decade with Renault and nearly four years with PSA Group. Thank you, gentlemen, so much for being with us today. I'd like to get started with a question for both of you, which is, what skills are needed to have a robust and reliable supply chain today, and how has that changed in the last few years? The way we describe it is that historically, all our members had four challenges to, to, to face the one of safety, quality, delivery, and cost in every operations. Now, over the last few years, three more challenges have popped up to our agenda. The first one is the notion of resilience. The number of shocks, external shocks that we have to manage is, is immense. The second is the need to be agile, the agility to the business transformation. And the third one is the sustainability, which is now on the top of the agenda. So I think those ones have been really clearly new challenges and what it needs for our members on top of what they have already is this ability to read the future, what I would call the strategic thinking on one side. And the second one is the ability to manage the digitalization transformation to that journey. So some sort of technology fluency, if I may say. If I jump on what uh, JC said, uh, we have published our recent report at Capgemini and we are talking about, about, about data. And as soon as we are talking about data, how to operate data in the, within the ecosystem, we need to reskill some of our people within this, this industry and to hire new skills on, on uh, AI, on data and, uh, data, and also on Gen AI. Uh, it's also to develop uh, new capabilities uh, for having end-to-end -end transparency within the ecosystem. And the, the, what is important is to know why we have to invest in those skills. It's because... The competition is not only on services and products within the automotive industry, it's also on skills today. Gentlemen, my next question to you is, 
How difficult is it to balance sustainability and affordability when making supply chain decisions? Thank you, Duke, for another very easy question, actually. <laughs> so actually, it's, it's not... A, a, I think until now, we've been harvesting what I would call the low-hanging fruits. So the type of activities where we could get both cost reduction and CO2 reduction. For example, we've launched massive use of train, so from road to rail. We've connected our English, French, Czech, and Belgium uh, hubs and factories in order to maximize this. And this came actually with some cost reductions. However, the next phase will be much more challenging. We are entering new territories. And for example, we're going to launch four hydrogen trucks on the road very, very soon in the next six weeks. This will come with a cost up. So I think we are now in this uh, difficult exercise of setting the criteria of where to invest, what is the best efficiency we get out of every one euro invested in order to reduce the CO2 footprint. And therefore, the easiest is behind to answer to your question. And I think the most difficult is ahead. Yeah, coming back on our report uh, at Capgemini, we, we've noticed that um, we are facing 25% of reduction of spend in uh, on in offshore sourcing, bringing the parts and components uh, for the car closer to, to the plants uh, is good for sustainability. The, your question was on the balance between affordability and, and sustainability. So first, having a more local sourcing, we can say it's, it's good for sustainability, as I said, but it can also affect, finally, the affordability. We may think that, but it's only to, if we consider the price of a car as, as the USP, But it's not only that. When you buy a car, you buy an experience, you buy quality level, you buy uh, also uh, uh, the time to mobility when you get the mobility. Uh, so you buy something else. And uh, I think it's good for users to have, uh, it's not a question of balance, but to have uh, more local sourcing, it's finally good for sustainability and it's good also for quality reason and, and for having a, uh, mobility as, as quick as possible. Why is it so important to build up an ecosystem of partners to help reach long-term sustainability targets? Well, uh, in, my, in my view, Doug, I think there's two dimensions. The first one is the degree of transformations to assure the resilience, the agility, and the sustainability we've been talking about. And the degree of interactions between all of the stakeholders is so massive. We are so connected logistic partners, car makers, retailers, that the transformations is a one altogether activity, certainly. So that's the way I would put it, those two dimensions of depth of transformations and depth of interaction makes it, uh, for me, a no-brainer. No one can do that alone, certainly. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, uh, and, and by the way, this is everybody's challenge. So we cannot tackle that alone. Uh, we need partnership. We need, as, as we exchange, a strong ecosystem. Uh, and why? Because with new technologies bringing by, uh, by a new partner, uh, we can open new perspectives, either for circularity or for raw material uh, sourcing. So I'm convinced that uh, with partner and with technology, we're going to have more sustainable, sustainable approach Uh, in that, which is which is a long-term objective, and there are already some initiatives which are quite interesting in this domain, like Catena X, to to enhance the relationship between uh, some of the partners, OEM or, or suppliers. And uh, gentlemen, 
the pandemic and the chip crisis did quite a bit of damage to the relationship between automakers and their logistics partners. Can you tell me what needs to happen to rebuild trust between those two sides? Yeah, sure. I have an opinion on that, Luke. And um, actually, I'm not sure it has damage because I'm not sure it has ever been great. So I'm a bit provocative here, but I think at Toyota, we are extremely proud of being a customer of choice when we procure parts, components, raw materials. This is part of our Japanese DNA. And for us, this partnership is very high in the in the importance of the relationship. And this is not philanthropy. By having this, this mutual trust helps us to work together with our partners over the future. However, when I came to the logistics uh, field and the supply chains, I didn't see that same level of maturity of mutual trust. Whose fault? I think we can debate, but it's probably both. It cannot be one without the other. So um, we probably have to, all of us, make one step towards the next partners. And a concrete example, we're now sharing three years of forecast with our logistic partners. This is new. This is for them to be able to plan their investment in the, in the means, in the people and so on. So, I think that's probably this mutual trust, mutual support is definitely required. And it's one of the most important tasks that myself and all my great uh, supply chain members are working on in terms of building it to the next level. Yeah, totally agree with what uh, JC said. So it's it's a long story, uh, the relationship and the trust around the supply chain between uh, automakers and supplier. But what is important to see here also is why it was so evident and so 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 critical uh, after the pandemic and after the semiconductor chips crisis. It's because there is huge competition on, on, on those parts because the cars now today is uh, you know uh, it's a collection of control units uh, you know fueled by uh, chips and and microchips and. And finally, we are in competition with other products like laptop, iPad, iPhone, whatever, all the, the products we, we are using. And so I'm convinced that in that, the technologies and the, to answer to your question to, to, and to solve this, this issue, I'm convinced that technologies and innovation will help, help us to, to, to rebuild trust. Why? Because we are talking about the ecosystem just, just before. So data, uh, around data, around skills, will AI, Gen AI will help us to have a better overview of what should be the supply chain first. Second, if we talk about the, the ships, it's for control unit, uh, as I said. And, and now, you know, with this massive trend of having a service-oriented software architecture, it means less control unit in the car, less complexity, and maybe a better understanding of what do we need exactly in terms of ships in the car. So I'm convinced that to rebuild trust here in the automotive in industry, we have to partner, but we have to partner with and in technology. Gentlemen, thank you so much for a truly fascinating discussion today. I think we could go on and on, uh, but unfortunately we are out of time. That is going to wrap up this episode of Rising Stars Speak. For JC DeVille and Alex Odwan, I'm Doug Bolduck. Hope to see you again very soon. A big thank you to Automotive News Europe for letting us share these insights with you. There's lots more where that came from, so feel free to check out the link in the show notes. That's all for now. We'll see you next time on Driving the Future.